It's June 23rd, 2016, and the open qualifiers rage on. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Emily Dalton. And this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. Been a little while since we recorded. Uh, in the time since we've recorded, Emily has lost a way to play Dota. My computer is no longer reliable, and I don't think I'll be able to replace it until probably September. So I'm I'm watching a lot more than usual. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a real bummer. We got to get you like uh, now that we're we're living pretty nearby. Um, maybe you can use my computer to play some sometime or something. Man, it is to be hoped. While you're at work, I'm just going to be down there, lowering <laughs> your MMR. Well, you know, fair is fair. You could also <laughs> log in on your account, but why would you do that? Right. So. <sighs> so, the Manila Major has passed us by now. It was pretty great. I hope everybody was, got to see some. It was a good tournament, and OG won again. Yay! Their second major. Um, yeah, I don't think... I mean, I have... I think what I said to you... I mean, there were there are the people who were saying that OG winning Frankfurt was a fluke, and it was because no one had their, you know, their stuff sorted out yet, right? And, you know, all these teams were still figuring things out, and blah, blah, blah. Um... And I guess I think two things to that. One, we've seen in the time since that apparently every time a major Valve tournament happens, everyone's going to be figuring everything out because, God forbid, they stick together as a team for five minutes. Um, and two, like, of course it counted. And I, like, I wasn't giving those people a lot of attention. I was pretty sure that they were just, you know, whiny turds. But, like, this win is enough that I don't like, that I don't hear them anymore. Well, just right? just wait and see what happens at TI. Okay. Yeah. No, I've heard that one already, too. <laughs> yeah. It's just these people who are just, like, they're so attached to the idea of Arteezy or whatever. Whatever they're, they're, they're chosen, the person they've chosen to follow. Well, for me, who is... it's No-Tail. So this is great. <laughs> No-Tail is pretty great. The whole team. You know... I love everybody on that team. And you know, the teams that did the best at this tournament are pretty much all teams that stuck together for a while hmm. and figured out their differences and didn't just explode the first time they went to McDonald's and some and they like disagreed on an order. Well, a crazy right. random happenstance. Or worse than that, as we both know, that, you know, uh, a carry was willing, so a support just got booted again. Yeah. Well, he was a, he was a carry this time. Right? Owie, Owie was playing carry this time when he got kicked for a second time from EG. Even that which... can't save you. Does he... I mean... No, go ahead. Like, does he just, like, click his teeth a lot? Or, I mean, is there some personal issue? I think he just feels kickable. Yeah. I think he's just a guy that... Like, I mean, I, I haven't met him. I'm not trying to insult him. I'm just trying to theorize why he keeps getting pushed around and I have to guess it's something about his personality that makes people feel like they can um it's sad yeah and like I don't know I mean so EG and Secret had some some big rost- roster shuffle ups again right mm-hmm. and um that means since they did it outside of the the roster lock, that means that they have to go through the open qualifiers to get to the tournament, mm-hmm. to get to TI. Um, 
and they're both doing fine about that. Though there was a great moment where Secret almost got ratted out by uh, a Sven who just <laughs> went for their their uh, ancient. It was pretty good. Although, can I um, say about Manila and EG, like the greatest part of EG doing badly was getting to see PPD do some commentary and just unable to conceal his contempt for the level of knowledge of the commentators which by the way is usually fair not always but usually fair um yeah. but he just like like clenching his teeth half rolling his eyes unable to hide how much he despises them it was it's... pretty entertaining i mean honestly for me as a person who has come to not like arteezy very much the next best thing was just like every time they lost a match that, on paper, you would think they would not. The cameras would cut to the booths, and Arteezy would just be head in his hands, just like, oh, oh my god. And it's like... <sighs> okay. I am not completely unsympathetic to Arteezy, right? I don't think he is probably a bad person. I still like him as a player, just throwing that out there. I think he's incredibly talented as a player. I think he runs away from his problems. I think he gets communication problems, he gets coordination problems, he gets problems within a team, and instead of addressing them, he decides it's time for a new team. Yeah, well, and it really, I mean, it makes sense that teams that are sticking together, working things through, it just have, I mean, the coordination on OG is unbelievable. It's just it's astonishing. Really good. And some of that is, yeah, I mean, there's no player who doesn't have some problems. But, you know, stick around. Work it out with these people. Become the best. Or, I mean, you look at Liquid, who also did that, or mm -hmm. MVP, who I think has had a little more roster instability than them, but still pretty stable, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, like, you see situations where, like, their mid laner gets ganked, and, like, supports are TPing in before he's taken damage. They can just see what's about to happen, and they're just coordinated as shit, yeah. as you say. And it's just, like... That actually is the meta right now. Like, the meta right now is rapid response to changing situations on the field, knowing, like, what you need to bring to a fight and bringing it, and not more than you need to, but just, like, when a situation arises, having a rapid response, a rapid coordinated response is... Like, it seems like the most important thing. And it's interesting in because meta. OG has really shaped that meta. And in the past, I feel like... When I got to like when I felt like I was watching the meta being shaped, it was watching pup puppy pick something crazy and then do something unspeakably fucked up and awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, no, it turns out those really cool, interesting gimmicks—they're not going to do it. OG has created a new and with Liquid and MVP, as you say, but a new meta where what you have to do is be a good team and not just good players. Yeah, and it's uh. I hope we have this kind of meta for a while, not just because it's really fun to watch, because boy, is it like just seeing like just like you see like Bat Rider start like just start moving t in a way that's like, oh, he's committing to this. And then just TP, 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 just <laughs> the immediate response is just so good. Yeah. Um, and also, do you did you see that fight? Um Gosh, I'm not going to remember what fight it is, am I? There was a fight in sort of like the, the middle of the tournament where there was a fight in the Radiant Jungle and the uh, uh, and the Radiant's Lycan was really fed. Mm -hmm. And he was sort of frontlining and the fight was just this swirling melee with the front fronts rapidly changing as sort of like the Dire went, okay, 
the like Lycan's frontlining and he's really fed let's just fight around him <laughs> and Lycan said okay if you're going to do that then I'm going to do this and they said okay if you're going to do that we're going to do this and it was just the tactics were just changing over and over and over and over again rapidly over the course of a fight when usually what you see is two teams go in they each have an idea and they slam those ideas together until somebody's dead yeah and it was just incredible to watch I don't think I saw that fight but I would like to I'll have to I'll have to look it up. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes for our our listeners, and then you know, obviously, just tell you. That said, um, the big exception, the finals were oddly depressing. They were real depressing, um, and listen. So we use the phrase "Navi is back," right? And I think we need to talk about what that phrase means. They came in second. That's pretty good. They came in second. That's pretty good. It was a pretty clear second. Oh. Like they probably they probably didn't deserve second, frankly. Hard to know. I, they certainly they struggled. Them. They just never that game. Okay, talk about game four. In case somebody didn't see it. You mean game three? Because there was no oh game right four. game three, the last game. Sorry, I was Sorry, I was spoilers. watching Ti they games three last out. night. <laughs> um. So you and I watched the first two together, and then went, uh-huh. "Okay, this is pretty depressing." Look, we watched them live. Let's just let's just move on with our lives. Yeah. And then I went back um, that evening and watched the game three. And in the game three, OG, I think OG, with the exception of Moon Meander, um, is a pretty respectful team. I think they try to treat their opponents with respect and they try to play their best, right? And I usually find it funny from Moon. Not every time, but, you know, like when he gets away from a gank and taunts, that kind of thing. Oh, that stuff is great. Yeah. But, you know, when... Eh, there are exceptions. I, there are exceptions. Um, But... In the last game, in the, in the third game, their picks were just... <sighs> Miracle was playing a support lion... Crit was playing a carry Ricky. They were messing around. And they destroyed Navi. Like, if they had lost that game and won the series, I would have been fine with it. And in fact, starting out the game, watching with my partner, I'm going like, oh, okay, well, yeah, they've got some breathing room. They're trying out some new things. Like, this is a high-stakes place to do it, but why not, right? Learn some new things. No, learn nothing. Crush to death. Very depressing. They had the momentum at first. But it's just like, but OG, like, the teamwork and the executional skill is, like, the teamwork is unbelievable in that they do these combos and they know what each other are thinking and they just pull off these these series, these series of events that is just crazy, right? And probably the most entertaining part of that game was the commentary, honestly, since the commentators were reasonably thrown off. So they'd be like, oh, they got Miracle! But he's supporting, so that's not... Huh. Yeah, they're still humped. Okay. Well, and also, like, Miracle ended that game, I think, like, seven and... Like, seven and nine on a lion? Mm-hmm. Like, also, often they didn't get Miracle. Often yeah. they ran it on Miracle, and he used Finger of Death, and someone died. And they were like, oh. Oh, right, lion. Yeah. Um... Like, I think what that showed is just, like... Now, I do think Navi is back. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be kings of the world ever again. Necessarily, right? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll figure it out and they'll be kings of the world again. 
But I'd be happy with them just being serious competitors again, you know? Which is what they are right now. Like, no, they're not, like, they're probably not going to be, they're not going to win TI, right? I'm going to make that bet. They're not going to be, win TI, they're probably not going to be top three. But they're going to be there, and I bet they won't get knocked out first thing. Here's They'll have a presence. They'll get to play some games, and they'll ha- their fans will cheer for them, and somebody will buy a shirt. Well, listen, the shirt buying, I think, never really stopped. True. <laughs> True. Well, they actually, they run out of stock sometimes. Right. But That's going to drive, like, Ichi... That's going to drive Peter crazy. <laughs> right? They can't um, even win the games! Like, yeah, but they're good dudes, man. So, let's talk a little bit about Ichi and Secret's roster changes and what that's doing to them, and... I don't know, like, what place do these teams have that can't seem to show a little humility and a willingness to work on their problems? Well, and one weird thing. So, they've been acting in some ways, especially secret, like heels, right? Like, they've set themselves up as heels. Sure. The problem is, forgive me wrestling fans, nobody's scripting these outcomes, you know? You can't play the heel long enough and then get a big win because it would be crushing. You actually have to be able to win the game on your own. Yeah, heels... It's like like, they've forgotten that part. Yeah, heels have to win. Or no one cares. Yeah, and they... Yeah. Like, I think they forgot that, like, the narrative wasn't going to win for them. Not not PPD, but I think Secret were sort of counting on that to some extent. And, yeah, the sunglasses. So... Forever the... I mean, to be fair, with the sunglasses moment, that was them hot off of... Uh, I think it was like a what was it like a 12-1 record in the group stages of TI oh sure like almost undefeated and then they came in and they got destroyed yeah but hubris pretty much always a stupid idea just gonna throw that out there well and like I don't like here's the thing right there there has been in the history of pro dota some strategies that were I mean, I won't say uncounterable, but you couldn't... There was no magic cure, mm-hmm. right? There was no, like, oh, if you do this, you beat their strategy, right? Mm-hmm. But there haven't actually been very many of those. And if you are a group... are You you are a team that goes 12-1 in the group stages with a couple of clear strategies. When the main stage happens, everyone has spent all the time since the group stages studying how to beat your strategy. Which was maybe the most forgivable thing about that game three at Manila. Like, okay, well, the heck with it. Let's win a game with our supports carrying and our carries supporting. Let's just, you know, yeah. Sure. You need that kind yeah. of depth of uh, of play. I don't think anyone would accuse OG of not having depth of play. Right. You know, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous what they can execute on when they want to. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know. I I don't know what the road forward is for these teams. Like, I think they have already gotten through the open qualifiers, right? Mm -hmm. I I could double check this real quick. In fact, I will while we're talking. But I'm pretty sure that they have already both made it through the uh, round one qualifiers. Uh, Yes, EG did. And let me double check on secret. Yes, Secret did. So they're they're both going to go into the regional qualifiers, and from the regional qualifiers, they'll fight to get into the main, right? I mean, if they bomb at TI, I want to think that they will take the lesson and stabilize their rosters for a while. 
Why? Because then, in Emily's Fantasyland, OG wins, and the second-place team is someone like Liquid, and it's like, oh, wait, we're just losing to teams who are, like, that's what the, the way in which they're different from us, you know? So let's let's pick the five and then just sort of stay there for a while. Because I think, I mean, EG at least can still go like, okay, but we're the world champions, like, you know, for at least, like, another month, so. Sure. Sure. I mean, you know. One of the world champions is no longer on their team. Sure. Well, and I, but I think, I mean, I think, you know, TI rightly has a status no other tournament does. And I think if they both do badly at TI, I hope that would be a turning point for both teams. Because I'd like for them to exist. I want there to be heel teams. I mean, you know, it's sort of sad the Alliance isn't really scary anymore. They were, they were a great heel team. And like, okay, so I think for TI5. You weren't gonna like. Owie was an unbelievable. Is Owie is still an unbelievably good player, mm-hmm. right? I think part of what made him great, however, was the meta. Was the fact mm-hmm. that he knew how to play techies when no one else really had figured it out. And God bless and him. God bless him. Um, and that, but like, it seems like that's and you know, someone please prove me wrong. But it seems like in Pro Dota, techies is not really relevant anymore. Um. Yeah. And accepting that, accepting that one hero that just turned the series, like, turned that whole tournament on its head. Like, everyone banned techies against EG in TI5. Everyone. One of your first two bands was techies. Um, and often the other one was Naga Siren, which is Aoi's other destroyer hero, right? Yeah. And when your first two bands are guaranteed respect bands, then EG can get whatever the hell they want. Hmm. And that's how that's how they won that tournament. They also won it through amazing play, through the debut of an incredible mid Sue male. I mean, you know, obviously they earned it. But that drafting advantage was tremendous. Yeah. And they don't have it anymore. Even with Aoi, you don't have that anymore. Um and without that drafting advantage, I do actually think Zai is a better player than Aoi. And also Zai, like Zai is he would uh, like he retired for a while. He not retired. He he took a break for a while. But he is an EG player. Like he's just coming back, right? So it's not like they're going to have any communication issues with him. He hasn't been swapping teams a ton. That said, I, th- I mean, it just bothers me. Like, Aoi didn't do anything wrong. I want to say, like, he's not Keith Moon. You know, he can develop well on other heroes and I think more teams should take the time to develop the talent they have and be like okay what are the things that you're the best at like these kinds of really disruptive heroes okay I guess maybe disruptor but haha setting that aside you know like I really think that's just a better long-term strategy like and I well you know everybody listens to bottle crew knows it makes me crazy when you go like I think this guy technically is a slightly better player so let's kick this guy who's been on our team while we've been winning Okay. I I totally agree. I'm I'm not saying I think it was necessarily the right move. Basically, what I'm building up to is I think EG will do better at TI than Secret will. Oh no! Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, it's hilarious to me that DC is now a better team than Secret. It's so so funny because I mean DC was like. DC was the premier joke team, right? 
Yeah. DC was the team nobody took in the slightest bit seriously, and obviously it's a massively different roster now. Um, but I think we're seeing just how foolish Secret was to let go of Weeha. Yeah. He's such a, like, he's such a terrifyingly talented player. And, like, I don't, like... I'm going to use language to explain the language that I'm going to avoid, right? I'm not going to say he's slumming it on DC. Huh? See what I did there? Uh-huh. But, like, I think he's easily the most talented member of that team. And I think, like... I mean, I do think that, like, if they stick together, that team will learn from him, and they'll get way better. I think... They're one of my picks for top four at TI. And I just, I still, like, I'm just so baffled by the decision-making process they did with with Secret. Well, so what does Secret need? Because they're the team for which I would say they probably do need to make another roster change or two before they, like, start going on team-building exercises. Because my personal bias, I don't think Eternal Envy is a good team player, and I don't think he's going to learn that. Huh. Um. Gosh. Like, okay. So what they've got right now, they've got Puppy, who's kind of unassailable. Uh-huh. They've got Pile I Die, who I would personally also say is unassailable. They've got Bulba, who is a pretty good offlaner. Uh-huh. They've got Arteezy, and they've got Eternal Envy. Pile I Die and Puppy are the only two I want to keep. <laughs> I would also keep Arteezy. Uh, but... Arteezy doesn't know how to win. Puppy Arteezy can teach him. Know how... If he sticks around, Puppy can teach him. Arteezy does not strike me as the kind of guy who likes being taught. I mean, I think you're right, but I think, hopefully, like a series of professional humiliations will make it clear that he has things to learn. Like, I don't enjoy this, but I think I like it better than eating shit all the time. How much more could you humiliate that guy? Let's find out at T.I. <laughs> yeah, I guess we will, won't we? Gosh, I just, I don't, I honestly don't know what to do with that team. Like, the Pylidae puppy pair is one of the more scary support duos in the game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even, um, like... I think even if you just kick Eternal Envy and find someone who's a better team player and then really work together, I think they could do great things. But they won a ter- they won a major with with Eternal Envy. Sure. He's and I'm not saying like that means you can't kick him, but like if there's one member of this team who hasn't proven they can win when it counts, it's not Eternal Envy. That's true, but we were talking about the meta now being that kind of team play and that's what Eternal Envy can't do. Yeah. Also, I dislike him personally. I mean, you know, there's that. But he's not a team player. There have been, like, in, I think, in that tournament, there were times, well, maybe I'm mixing up, but, like, where you could see that he was not even paying attention to what items were on the team when he was buying no, stuff. No, you're right. You're right. Like, he, that's not what he does well. Playing, he's an excellent Dota player and a really bad team player. Okay, here's, here's a proposal for a new team secret. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you sure? I don't know if you're ready. I feel it deep inside. Okay. 
you crawl back on your hands and knees and you get Weeha back. Yes. You kick Arteezy. You kick Eternal Envy. You get Black. Mm. Black is a guy who can farm his ass off, which is what our Eternal Envy, our Eternal Envy does so well. Yeah. He's a guy who can be your position one and fucking rock the shit, but he also can communicate, he can talk to his team, he's a good dude, and he'll pull with the group. I like this. I mean, fucking, he... He won... I think he won a TI, right? Yeah, he won a TI with Newbie. Hmm. He didn't speak their goddamn language. <laughs> That's how much of a team player he is. So, well, and part of the problem... So... Esports are so young. Like, my partner is a Maple Leafs fan, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the hockey team. Mm-hmm. And they, oh my god, they've been terrible since the 60s, right? Yeah, they've been they've been terrible for about five times as long as Dota has existed. But now, like, so for a long time, for in the 90s, the problem was they were trying to win every year. And now they're trying to win in five years, right? And so they're actually sure. building up a lot of talent and developing people. And, like, there's got to be a scaled-down version of that that's possible for Secret. Like, okay, you know what? We're going to pick a roster and give it a full calendar year. Everybody has a guaranteed job for a year, like, unless you rape somebody or burn down the team house. You've got a job for a year, and we're going to work it out Sorry, together. Ritsu. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I really think that's what they've got to do. I'd be happy with your lineup. I like. I've enjoyed seeing Black do some uh, some commentary, mm-hmm. but he should get back out there. He's he's a phenomenal player. He seems like a really cool dude, and just like he is, he is like Eternal Envy in the way that they are players who can be a second strategy that is running at the same time. Mm. Well, and I mean, I've loved Moon doing commentary, but yeah, I'd rather see him play. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you remember that game in TI5 when Cloud9 was, like, they were getting pressured mid, and Eternal Envy's uh, Animage was about to push bottom, split push bottom, Uh, right? mm -hmm. And he pauses for just the, like, the slightest fraction of a second. Like, most players, you wouldn't think anything of it, but with him, as fast as he thinks, you saw that, like, oh, shit, he just did some serious thinking. And he makes a right turn, and he steps into the secret shop, and he buys a rapier, and just goes for those racks. And the enemy team just has no idea what the fuck is happening. (sighs) He has this ability to just, like, come up with his own strategy separate from his team and execute on it. And if he were also able to cooperate in the team's strategy, then he would be unstoppable, and I think Black can do that. Sounds good. Give it a shot. So, that's that's the... Min- oh, just real quick. Disruptor. Who knew? I guess that guy's real good. <laughs> Woo! Um, but I do want to talk a little briefly about pup meta versus pro meta, right? So you're saying incredible coordination is not in the meta for pub games right now? It's not in <laughs> the meta for pub games. And, like, the way, the way pro... The way pros play, like... Across history, as I think about it, which is not something I've really thought, I like sort of, I've thought passively about it, but never in these terms before. There's always been sort of like buffs and changes to heroes have affected pubs and pros differently, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
when Drow Ranger was really in vogue, she was real fucked up in pubs. Yeah. When Sniper was good <sighs> in pros, a, a nightmare in pubs. But when, like, Medusa was good in pro, <laughs> really didn't matter that much. Or, like, right now when Io is really good, kind of doesn't matter. Kind of you still don't see Io in pubs, right? Right. The different skill levels plus the different sort of context in which the fights are happening means the metas are actually quite different. And 6.88 and 6.87 have both proven to be really cool pro metas. And I think they're kind of miserable pub metas. Not the worst, but I feel like what happens in the in the pub metas, and I am not enough of an analyst, I am not enough of a, a stats man to be able to explain to you why this is happening. But it seems like the team with the more carry one wins almost every time. Yeah. And, like, I... My, all my evidence is going to be what's name, right? The thing where it's it's stuff you've seen and is not necessarily whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So all my evidence is going to be that. It, I know that, you know, there's a bigger trend and I can't prove that. But for my sake... I have been bleeding MMR, and I have realized that the biggest thing that has affected me bleeding MMR is me insisting on traditionally reasonable team composition. I lose the most when I'm going up against five carries, and I insist that we need at least one support. Mm -hmm. And obviously there could be a lot of other factors going on, right? I could just be going through a play slump, I could be coordinating really badly... There could be a lot of things going on. But I have to look at the data that's in front of me and try to analyze analyze it, right? Mm-hmm. And what I see happening over and over is even when we get an advantage, we can't last long enough against a five-carry team. Like, the game always goes too long and they turn it around through superior carry potential. And that sucks. Yes. It really, really sucks. And I don't know, like, I'm... I do my basic theory crafting. I do my ideas about what we should change about the game. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know if it needs to be fixed. Maybe I'll play another 50 games, and I'll find out that I had just gotten unlucky. But if you're like me, just think about the games you've had, and think about how often you feel like you lost, not because of bad play, but because instead of picking a Vengeful Spirit in that slot, they picked an Invoker, and then late game he just had more to contribute. I am unable to play in this meta, so Sympathetic Silence is pretty much what I've got for your Anic data. But I hope it's just been a slump. I would really hate it if that were just the true overall change. Um, I will say, however, that I have finally gotten to a point where I am once again enjoying losses as well as wins. Um, which is good because I'm not really getting any wins. Um, I got for, you know, the slump The slump got to me, right? It was a long enough period of feeling like I was doing my best and it wasn't mattering that I just started getting really frustrated with my losses. And I've been playing, you know, I had a, a while there where I wasn't playing because I was moving between states and things were all messy. Um, but I've started playing semi-regularly again and I'm losing and I'm having fun anyway. And it's good to be back in a more positive mindset, you know? Yay! So I believe you had a request. I for do. Our, I have um, a listener request listeners. or player request or whatever we're calling our 
our participants. So my partner has been watching a lot more Dota, um, in part because I'm watching more Dota, and in part because I've been having just a series of small health crises that mean he's doing a lot of like, well, what would you like to do, honey? <laughs> so we're watching a lot of Dota. Um, but some of that is... Um, so like recently... I was like, oh, oh, let's find a game where No Tail plays Meepo. I got to see one of those recently, and it was totally great. And he's just astonished and horrified by what's possible with a good Meepo, right? Um, and so if any of you out there have games with just either really huge plays or just, like, really memorable games, games where interesting thing happens, or they're just, just some extraordinary, like, character play please like tweet at us or email because I would love to be able to show them to my partner to watch him just be like ready to vomit when you see what Rubik can do when he really, really gets going. Has he seen the cloud nine, no TP? No. Oh, that one's so awful. And yeah, he could probably appreciate that now. You have to watch the whole game though, because it's such a, it's I such was a thinking moment. More positive moments, but negative moments also welcome. It's such an incredible moment oh, where they've horrifying. got the momentum the whole game, and then you're like, oh, it's over. He did get they to see. fucked up so bad. On our Meepo streak, he did get to see RTZ accidentally deny himself in his own fountain as Alchemist. So that was. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, I think we should roll right on to Lore of the Week. Lore of the Week. It's been a while. Back by special request. Yes, so we're going to talk this week about uh, a pair of Skycross lovers, Skywrath Mage, and Vengeful Spirit. So we'll start with Vengeful Spirit, or Shendelzer is her name. She is one of the uh, Skywrath, which are basically bird people, right? Um, And they live up in their little sky paradise, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And she was first in line for the throne. And um, one of her sisters wanted the throne. And you kind of know how that one goes, right? Uh, I played Dragon Age Origins. Well, in this case, you can't you can't um, ascend to the throne if you lose your wings. So instead of killing her, they captured her and tore off her wings, right? Mm-hmm. And she had to she had to leave. Um, and she was real pissed about that, so she made a deal with the goddess Skriok, which I guess is just, you know, onomatopoeia for a really upset bird. No, they just let Phoenix name her. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> is it just Phoenix? Oh, that would be crazy. That would be so um, great. But I don't think it is, given given her abilities. Basically, so she, um, she became Vengeful Spirit, um, so now she's, now she's, you know driven by vengeance and she's gonna go fuck up her sisters because fuck those bitches right and she yells at people it hurts she does yell at people that's true um now skywrath mage whose name is dragonis was uh the one of the court mages um of of that kingdom and he really had the hots for shendel's heir right uh they were they were friends and he wanted to be more than friends and then she got fucked up, and uh, he still loves her, and he's like, I want to help her and restore her to power, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also like, but if I make that openly known, then I'll lose my position and some of my power. <laughs> um, 
And anybody who's so, played Skywrath or against Skywrath knows that's not going to happen. Right. So he's, um, yeah, the, 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 the lore talks about how, like, oh, no, the duality of, of his role really tortures him, where he's he's a noble and good-hearted creature, but he he wants to help her, but he can't abandon his role, right? And I just think he's a huge douchebag. Um, that's true, but I love their HUD. Their HUD is really good, um, but basically, like, yeah, he's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna restore her to the throne and to power, and I'm gonna help her, and I'm gonna do it all without losing my position. And she's like, "You are king, douchebag." <laughs> Accurate. So, that's basically their lore. He, he's still, he's still chasing her without apparently being, being willing to make the sacrifices necessary to, to really make her trust him. And she's like, I gotta kill people and I don't have time for this dickhead. Well, I can tell you the ending of their story, or at least the next chapter. I'm sure this is entirely canon. Uh, well, it is fanfiction corner. Not oh. canon corner. Uh, but this is a story called The Lost Spirit by Sane Alone. Uh, with an S-A-I-N, not the, like, in kind. So this is from the uh, first person story from the perspective of Skywrath Mage and like desperate as I am to try to talk in his stupid voice, uh, my throat's not there. And to be honest, my, my mimicry is never there. Um, you have no cause to question me. Oh, he's the, (laughs) he's not the worst, but what a douchebag. Um, the moment I learned the truth about, learned the truth about what happened, something inside me shattered. She was gone along with any traces of her existence. Nightmares began to erupt during my sleeps since that day. Until recently, it stopped. So then he starts seeing a sort of familiar, pretty funky-looking form in his dreams, um, with ripped-up wings and a, a, ta- a talon as a weapon. So, hmm. <sighs> Paired with the incident which happened long ago, that's as far as he wants to get into what happened there, I was certain the spirit was indeed her. I didn't know where she had been all these times. And how could her appearances change differently? How did she even turn into a spirit? Still, I could feel something deep inside me started to reform itself after being shattered long ago. A feeling I hadn't felt for eternity resurfaced, embracing my soul for the second time. It was hope. My hope to find my lost love. And, like, this story is a little, like, douche-flowery, but it is Skywrath Mage, so I feel like that is simply accuracy. So, um, Skywrath Mage volunteers to join the War of the Ancients... Uh, because then he can look for his 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 lady love, his milady. Uh, he builds himself a nest. He falls out of a tree. Um, luckily, the forest I stayed had mango trees and tango bushes near the tree I built my nest on. Like, ugh. Um, he chooses not to stay at the inn because it he needs to feel... <laughs> it wouldn't be worthy for me if I didn't encounter hardships like her, which... Fuck you, buddy. She got her wings torn off and is a spirit of vengeance. You are sleeping. You were camping, you know? For God's yeah. sake. No, this, is, this is so Skywrath. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, like, at first I found the story annoying, and it's like, oh, right, because Skywrath. So, he hears some movements. Uh, he sees a figure. Someone is following the figure. I panicked when my instinct told me the ghosts were about to drain the energy from her body, a spirit form which consisted of pure energy. Um, When the ghosts continued their advances on her, I decided it was enough. She needed help, and I wouldn't forgive myself if anything happened to her. Which really, 
it's a, I guess it's a trope at this point, the like, oh, something terrible was done to you. It's fine that it happened once, but I won't let anything like that happen again. Uh, I'm thinking of Twin Peaks also here. Anyway, she waits for death. He mystic flares them, and she's passed out. Uh, when I casted Mystic Flare, I tried my best to control the magic, making it avoid her body and went straight to the ground instead, but even a little exposure to it would burn as well. Still, she may, sh so no she may show no signs of injuries, but I could feel her magic wavered inside her. The ghost managed to drain some of her energy, which dimmed her hair of white flame. So he takes her to his nest bed, and he's really emotionally moved, and she's unconscious. So... Uh, he claims that he didn't really know what was going on when they got the wings torn off, and then he falls asleep with his girlfriend, who's also sort of his prisoner. Can't wait for chapter two. I hope this is a work in progress. Well. Skyrest the worst. Not the literal worst, but, you know, tear shit. You can just imagine that guy going to the grocery store and forgetting his coupons and being like, oh, this is just like when she lost her wings. It's like, oh, God, fuck I you. have to endure hardships, too. It's only right. Yeah, please. Ugh. Also, my foot itches. Yeah, great. Ugh. One has to hope that there is a chapter two, perhaps written by somewhere else, where she wakes up and just slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> I'm going to yell at you until your eyes bleed, and then I'm going to swap out. Whew. God, whoever she swaps in. Well, <laughs> oh man, you gotta hope for anti mage, right? There is so much anti mage pornography. Like, okay, one minute before we close, I have not, sadly, I've not been surprised by the amount of enchantress and windrunner porn. Like, that's gonna happen. I get it. I've been surprised by how little queen of pain porn there is, but the amount of anti mage porn is. Very surprising to me, especially the Invoker Anti-Mage Slash, which in hindsight I should have expected, but like, so much Anti-Mage porn. That's what I'm leaving you with. Cool. <laughs> Thanks everybody for joining us. This has been another episode of Bottle Crow. If you want to find us on iTunes, we are there. We'd appreciate any ratings or reviews you want to give. Um, that stuff helps us sort of climb the, the rankings within a category. And if we get higher up, you know, we could get on a front page of something and people be like, hey, what's this podcast? Let's click on it. Let's listen to it. Hey, this is good. And, you know, more listeners is good for us. And I, I think it's it's probably through some roundabout way good for you, too. Well, it'll make so, the podcast but, better. The more feedback we get, you know, the better we can yeah. become. And if you want to give feedback yourself, other than iTunes, you could send us an email at bottlecrowpodcast at gmail.com or you could send us a message through Twitter at at bottlecrow. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Reddit user Pomodi for use of his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which we use as our intro and outro music around here. And I also want to take a second to point you towards ScanlandMedia.com, which is a website that we post this podcast on. And also, I and my friends do some other games criticism and other podcasts on there. Uh, you can find us there, or if you want to contribute to our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. Any money contributed there goes towards helping us expand our coverage. None of it goes into people's pockets. Thanks so much, everybody, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.